Hey everyone, it's Cassidy, and welcome to Chats with the Cast podcast, episode number two of season one. Today, we are talking about diets, nutrition, and health. I just wanted to give a little warning that we will be discussing eating disorders today. Here, we slow down. Here, we sit and we chat about homesteading, homemaking, and slow living. We have the conversations that might be a little bit difficult. We talk about life, we talk about our character, we talk about the people we hope and we strive to be. We tell stories and we listen with eager ears. Here, we turn back the clock just a little bit, like sitting in front of the fire with your dearest loved ones, taking the time to sip our coffee slow and tuck into a conversation without the rush and the propensity to move on to the next thing, fast and ferocious without any regard for what we might be missing in the meantime. Let's learn to talk to one another again and find the beauty in the magic in conversation and storytelling. Let's chat. Slancha. Hello, everyone. I'm super pumped to be here today. Today, we are going to be diving into a slightly difficult topic, and that is diets, nutrition, and health. Kind of have a difficult background with this. Not difficult complicated? I don't know. That means the same thing. We have a complicated background, as most of us do, with diets, nutrition, and health. So I'm going to give you my full backstory, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. I am a bit nervous because I think that people can be very, very opinionated on their health stance, including myself to a degree. Um, So I just want to try to do this as kindly as possible, and I want to be as open and transparent as possible so that y'all understand where I'm coming from. So let's just jump right in. Um, I will tell you my opinions on this subject, and that is that I have a very nuanced, is that the word I'm looking for? I have a very broad opinion on the subjects of diets, on the subjects of nutrition and health. So I have never been a thin person. It's just not in my blood, I don't think. Um, Ever since I was a young girl, I have put on weight very easily and it's always been very difficult for me to lose weight. And the reason I wanted to open with this is because I do not believe, personally, that our health has entirely to do with our weight. I think that that is a huge lie that, unfortunately, society has told us. And there are a lot of other things that play a much deeper and much more intricate role in our health than how thin you are. But that seems to be the only thing that anybody ever focuses on is how thin you are, which is an issue in and of itself that we're going to get into in this episode. But aside from being not a thin person, my entire life I have been very healthy. Um, I have a very good immune system. I don't get sick very often. And when I do, it doesn't last for very long. The only time I was ever super sick for very, very long is when I was in high school and I had walking pneumonia. That was like 10 days or something. But aside from that, I usually recover pretty quickly. Um, my blood work is always perfect. I am looking into getting some alternative testing done just to answer some other questions, which we might talk about. I'm not entirely sure yet on what I'm really comfortable sharing, but 
Nonetheless, my entire life I've basically been told no matter what, no matter how good my cholesterol is, my blood pressure, no matter how active I am, no matter how healthy I eat, I've been told that I am a liar and that I cannot be this healthy and and be this overweight, which is kind of interesting because I know a lot of people who are much thinner than me who have a slew of health problems that are obviously have nothing to do with their weight because they are not considered overweight, which is just an interesting conversation to open up in general, right? So you have two people presenting with the same symptoms. Is the thin person going to be regarded as healthy just because they're thin or is the overweight person going to be regarded as unhealthy just because they're overweight? But then you do blood work and the thin person has high blood pressure and they have bad cholesterol and the overweight person does not. Like, what is the answer there? You know? And see, I want to disclaim this part as well by saying that I think that now we live in a culture where people are super obsessed with the body positivity movement. And I do have issues with this movement And the reason that I have issues with this movement is probably not the same reason that most people do. You know, I think a lot of people really don't like that some people are overweight, and that's okay. Um, And I think this might come off sounding harsh, but I do think that there is a difference between being overweight just because you're not a thin person and being overweight because you're making poor decisions. Um, For me personally, I eat extremely healthfully and I am very health conscious when it comes to what I'm putting in my body because of what I have learned over the years delving in and out of diet culture and the body positivity movement and dieting and all that. Like, I have been through every diet imaginable. I have been through every exercise course, every, you know, fast or whatnot in my entire life. I had gastric sleeve surgery. I lost a ton of weight. I gained weight back. I lost weight. I gained it. Like, I have been through the whole gamut when it comes to the quote-unquote diet industry and quote-unquote body positivity movement. So I do feel like being entrenched in all of those things has granted me the opportunity to have a really broad and educated opinion on it. So back to what I was saying, I do have issues with the body positivity movement because what I do think it does that I do not appreciate is tell people that I think it tells people that they can do whatever they want to do for their health and it doesn't make a difference. And that is a lie. I do not think that eating McDonald's every day and eating ice cream every day and eating a diet full of refined sugar could ever be good for anyone. Now, that being said, I am not saying that having sugar every now and then is the work of the devil. (laughs) That's not what I mean. Um, My point being that I think that we need to all work better and all try a little bit harder to have a huge balance. Now, it is okay to not believe in dieting and also know yourself what makes your body feel good. Um, This is where I do think intuitive eating is really important, but I also think that the culture really misconstrues this message a ton, which is a shame. So intuitive eating is the idea that you eat what your body craves. 
However, we all know, I think especially as women, this is going to make some people angry, but we are very emotionally led. So if we're having a bad day and something ticks us off and we're just like, you know what, I deserve this ice cream today. Like the question is like that I think most people aren't acting asking themselves is how is that actually going to make me feel why am I doing this why do I want the ice cream I'm just using ice cream as an example I eat ice cream I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with ice cream but my point being this is an example why are we doing this is it to you know mask some sort of issue that we're having is it to tell ourselves that you know what I worked hard today I deserve this because I want it and there's zero self-discipline involved here Again, I'm not saying that, oh, you know what? I had a hard day. I want a bowl of ice cream. Like, do I think that's wrong? I don't know. Like, it's a very tricky conversation. And I think what can be wrong about that is the fact that all of us, most of us, are not asking the question, like, how is this actually going to make me feel after I have done it? Like, have you ever craved a chicken nugget? This happens to me sometimes. And I used to be really impulsive on saying, you know what? especially when I was really entrenched in the intuitive eating and diet culture mindset, like, I want a chicken nugget. Let me go get a chicken nugget. doesn't matter how I feel after. It doesn't matter how I, how my body feels after. It doesn't matter how my mind feels after. I just want this chicken nugget, so I'm going to go get it. I think that the problem that the body positivity, intuitive eating, and diet culture-esque mindset can um, instill are two things at opposite ends of the spectrum. One being that I can never have anything that I like. And the other being that I can have everything I like anytime, no matter the consequences. Each side kind of has this idea of there's no consequences here. Like, you know, restricting too much is bad. And, you know, allowing too much is also bad. So I think that we all need to work really hard in finding a center ground. So let's go into a little bit of my story. I kind of wanted to just say that at the beginning because I don't want anyone to think I'm promoting dieting. I'm not. I think that dieting is really bad and I actually don't think it helps at all. The statistics and the data do not point to dieting helping. If dieting worked, nobody would be on a diet for their whole life. And to be honest with you, up until the past few years, I was dieting my entire life. We are going to talk some big talk today, you guys, and I'm really sorry if this is a little bit heavy for some people, but if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out at my email, o'donnellscelticcroft at gmail.com. I will put that in the link below if you have any questions that we can discuss in the next podcast episode, but let's just continue. So I remember being put on a diet when I was in preschool. Now, this is where I think things can go really wrong because I was four years old. I was a little heavy, but I wasn't like, you know, huge or anything like that. And I was put on a diet and I remember coming home from preschool and my parents asking me, you know, like, what are you, what did you eat at preschool today? And like them writing it down because I couldn't write yet. They were keeping a food journal for me to take to my doctor. Now, I also want to say that I don't blame my parents for this. You know, that's my doctor's recommendation. But the problem with going to the doctor about nutrition advice is that a doctor, 80% of doctors do not even take a nutrition course in school. So, or they might take one in their first semester. They have zero idea 
what nutrition looks like for most people. So if you really need nutrition advice, I really highly suggest you find a dietitian. And find a dietitian that suits your morals. So if you're looking for a Christian dietitian, search up Christian dietitians. If you're looking for a kosher dietitian, you need to look for that specifically. But don't just go to your primary care doctor and ask for nutrition advice. That is not helpful. And don't find a nutritionist either. Because a lot of times, they're just really entrenched in that diet culture that we were talking about before. Excuse my chair. Um... That was that squeaking. Every time I move, it squeaks. But so I remember that was the first memory I have of being put on a diet. And essentially my entire life since then, I have been on and off of this diet, that diet, food journaling, keto. uh, The Adkins diet was like the keto before keto. Uh, The South Beach diet. I did the Mediterranean diet. I did fasting. I did eating once every six hours. I did eating three times a day. I did eating once a day. I did no snacking. I did extra snacking. I've done literally anything that you can think of bar... bar like being anorexic or something like that but um I dieted my whole life never lost weight doctors always just said that I was lying to them literally even to this day I just went six months ago to the doctor because the truth is is that I eat very healthy it's something I very much pride myself on for my life um and I still do not lose weight and I out of curiosity tracked my calories because I wanted to give the doctor an idea so that they could, you know, do with that which they could. I'm not a huge fan of tracking calories, but I think it can be helpful in terms of, like, recognizing, like, okay, am I eating just a ton? Like, and I'm of the belief that people are actually generally under eating because of the way that we view food in this culture, but that's besides the point. Um, so I went to the doctor a couple months ago, presented them my quote-unquote food journal, which is really difficult, by the way, to make when you eat primarily whole foods because it's like, what size banana did you eat? I'm like, I don't know. It's a banana. Like, so I took it to the doctor. I was presenting her with this, these symptoms. Um, and she said to me, well, that's not what you really eat, is it? And I said, excuse me what are you talking about? And they said, that's not really what you eat, is it? And I said, yes, it is. And you can ask literally anyone in my family. But she didn't believe me. And that's basically been the story of my life. So they, I go to the doctor, they don't take me seriously. For what reason? I don't know. So then I never end up getting what I really need from them, which is difficult because you go to the doctor, you say, I'm not losing weight. And they say, just stop eating. Well, that doesn't help because really that just puts your body into fight or flight. That's the problem with dieting is that when you diet, you screw up your metabolism. But anyway, so I went to the, so let's rewind a little bit. A couple years ago in 2006, 16, 2015 or 2016, I had gastric sleeve surgery and I lost a hundred and 45 pounds in one year and then I gained like 80 pounds back the year after um could not figure out why didn't change literally anything (laughs) so lost it all gained it back not all of it but a good portion and since then I have been stuck at the same weight for like three years So it's been a little bit of an interesting ride to say the least. I've been kind of in this trench of, okay, like what's going on with my body? 
So I had gone to a dietitian back in 2019 and I basically was going with the intention of asking them like why I wasn't losing weight because I did go to my weight loss surgeon and I had said to him I'm not losing weight I'm exercising I was on average taking 14,000 steps a day and I was going to the gym burning three to four hundred calories in gym exercises a day at the time was only eating a thousand calories a day and all he said to me was Cassidy you just need to eat 800 calories a day and everything will be totally fine which I knew myself because at this point I had been getting a personal training certification and a nutrition specialist certification and I'm like I will literally die if I only eat that much because my expenditure of calories was way beyond what I was eating but I still wasn't losing weight So I went to this dietitian. She was fabulous. And she basically told me, Cassie, I really think that you have an eating disorder. We did all the testing and I was diagnosed with binge eating disorder, which is basically like, and I wasn't doing this intentionally. I want to make that very, very clear. I was not ever thinking to myself, Cassie, just don't eat. That was not the case. I have this problem still to this day where I just don't think about it. Um, it's something I've really worked on in the past few years is just making sure, okay, Cassidy, like you're going to get up and eat breakfast and not skip breakfast and lunch and then be starving at 4 p.m. and then like basically stuff your face with everything that you can find. The past few years, I've found a real balance with that, but I do think that it's really worth noting that you can have an eating disorder and not even intentionally realize it. Um, I didn't know that about myself, (laughs) that I even did that. It wasn't something I was super aware of, and so I think it's really important to like kind of, you know, before, and this is something else too, there is a difference between an eating disorder and having disordered eating patterns. I think that like the reason that I was diagnosed with an eating disorder is because my history of like dieting, losing weight, gaining weight, blah, 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 all that stuff, like just kind of this obsession with being thin. So I went to her, she told me that I had an eating disorder or at least disordered eating and then she taught me about body positivity and intuitive eating. Now at this time I was like so desperate to just feel normal because I was so obsessed with how I looked. You can ask any of my friends like I would take pictures of myself in dressing room mirrors and at the gym and I was just like picking at every little impurity in my body and this mind you was when I had lost a bunch of weight and started gaining a little bit back so it was just a bad situation all in all but I am not going to say that going to this dietitian like helped 1000% because I think what happened and this is kind of what I was talking about in the beginning of the episode is that I went from one spectrum to the complete opposite where I went from being like I can't have any bad food to being like, I can have whatever bad food I want. And that didn't last very long because I'm a person who is very self-aware and very in tune with her body. And so I recognized very quickly that certain foods just do not make me feel good. Um, And so I kind of started to rein it in a little bit. And then 2020 happened. So 2020 happened and I was home and I'm going to do an episode on that probably next week. So I'm not going to go too far into that, but I started to garden. And when you garden, there is a sort of connectedness to your food system that you feel. And what I recognized was, holy crap, I have been living like like my entire life 
almost completely disconnected from this. So obsessed with being thin, so obsessed with um, fitting in with my peers, so obsessed with, you know, losing weight that I was like missing the point. So it's like I would go on these diets and like I was still consuming a lot of processed and bad food. Quote unquote bad food. I don't want to like be super dogmatic is that the word I'm looking for because I know that people are really upset about people that say these things but I do think that for me there are certain foods that I would consider not good for me to consume because of the way that they make me feel after I eat them but recognizing this kind of like food mis disconnection was really eye-opening for me because what it did was it allowed me to see like how eating fresh, real foods made me feel without having, like, any sort of outside influence on it. Because, you know, during COVID, we were all home. Like, none of us were around a ton of people at that time, which that's a whole other thing that I don't necessarily think is good. And I think that it, this could have gone one of two ways. This could have destroyed me or it could have, like, helped me. And I think that having that connection with my food made me love food again. I was no longer afraid of food. I was no longer fearful of what it could do to me. And instead, I started to really have a deep-seated appreciation for what food can do for my body and not how it was harming it. So let's just talk a little bit about that. Let me tell you the things that I would not have allowed myself to eat five years ago. One of them, like carbs. That was just a huge no for me according to my surgeon and according to my doctor, not the dietitian that I saw. Carbs, huge no-no. That was just not going to happen. I was mostly um, protein-based at the time. Now, not so much. And I also would not have allowed myself to have any sweets. Now, not so much. I am very mindful of sugar consumption because I think that sugar can be incredibly damaging. I'm not talking about sugar like fruit though. This is like a really important distinction because I think that people demonize sugar and I don't know that that's right. I think that fruit and non-processed real sugars like honey, maple syrup, sucanat, which is dehydrated sugar are completely different things than white sugar and white bread and yada yada. So I'm just saying that. This is my opinion. Please keep that in I know that there are going to be people who listen to this and be like, what is this girl talking about? She is so entrenched in diet culture. No, I'm not. Listen to you. Listen to me. My point is being missed, if that's what you're thinking. Because now I feel freer from any diet culture that I ever have in my entire life. And it's because I have an understanding of food. I have an understanding of where food comes from. I have an understanding of what certain foods can do for my body and what other foods don't. And this is largely personal. This is one of those things that I think might take people a lot of time. Because the truth is, is that I don't restrict myself for anything. I'll say to myself, Cassie, if you want a cupcake, you can have a cupcake. But chances are, like, I know how that cupcake is going to make me feel. And honestly, it's not worth it to me. Not because I think it's bad for me or not because of whatever, but because like I love life. And the reality is, is that our food plays a huge role in how we feel. I do believe that food can be medicine. And I think that we live in a time right now, and this is where I'm going to go off a little bit. 
We live in a time right now where our food is poisoned. You go to the grocery store and you look at the back of a cookie and you think to yourself, what even is this? <laughs> like, this is not what a cookie should be. And I do think that there is a difference between consuming a cookie like that, that is filled with chemicals and dyes and additives and preservatives and God knows what, honestly. That is not the same thing as going to a local, you know, small family-owned business and buying a cookie to eat. I know that that can come off sounding really harsh, and I'm not meaning to sound like I am, like, you you live your life. You do what is best for you. I get it. But my point is, like, I do think that there are ways in which we are lying to ourselves by saying that eating any and whatever foods is good for our bodies. It simply isn't. And there's no way that you can tell me that eating foods full of preservatives and full of garbage, quite frankly, I'm sorry, like, is making you feel good. And I think that the problem is, is that what we're missing here is this connection. This is like what I have, this is what I have narrowed it down to. Most of us are missing a connection to our food source, whether it be that we go to the grocery store for everything and we buy nothing fresh, or whether it be that we only go out to eat, or whether it be that we just don't care. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't know. Like, that saying, like, what you don't know won't hurt you is a lie. And because oftentimes we know this. This is, that's the biggest cliche saying that is not true. We know that oftentimes the reason that we don't want to know certain things is because it will hurt us. Um, so my point is not to say that, no, you can never have anything, quote unquote, that's not good for you, quote unquote, whatever that looks like for you. But my point is to say, like, it's really important, I think, that we are all very mindful of what makes us feel certain ways. And also, it's really important to recognize that inherently, there are some foods that are just better for us than others. And that is okay to say. Like, I think that maybe two years ago, I would have been afraid to say something like that because I was entrenched in the body positivity movement. I was entrenched in this idea that, you know, I can eat whatever because that's intuitive eating. It's not. You have to have gentle nutrition reminders. And, you know, personally, it's my belief. There are certain food convictions that I have that are pretty heavy seated. Like, we try our very best to avoid seed oils because they are so bad for you. Canola oil is derived from like the fuel that they used I believe in World War II for fighter jet planes like guys you cannot tell me that that is better for you than something like a tallow or a lard or butter for the love I love butter. Butter has so many health benefits. Like, let's stop demonizing butter and let's start looking at vegetable oils and all these other things. Let's look at our food from a different lens. You know, when you go to the store, like we were talking about the cookie. When you look at the ingredients of a cookie, like we are blaming certain things for the problems that we have when we should be blaming others. So I was talking about sugar before. I don't think sugar should be demonized in the way that it is, but I do think that white sugar can be incredibly addicting for some people. And if you're looking at a cookie with all of its added ingredients, maltodextrin and red dye 40 or I don't know the names of them, guys, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, maybe we should have this discussion, like, are those the things that are addicting? 
is it the sugar? Because if you look back historically, it does not really seem like people were addicted to sugar in the way that we are now. Sugar is in everything now, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing. Um, But so are a lot of other things. So are a lot of preservatives. And like our food is made to be addicting now. It's really complicated because a lot of people don't even know that. And I think that the issue with something like sugar is that when you have too much of it, when you consume too much of it, I do think your body starts to rely on it. But this is another really important important message to convey is that your brain does not recognize the difference between a piece of candy and a piece of whole wheat bread in the very beginning. But you have to remember And this is where I get, again, kind of frustrated. Like, this is where having knowledge in both ponds can be really helpful, I think. And this is why I think it's really important to do your own research. But, yes, your brain does react the same way to a piece of candy and a piece of whole wheat bread or a potato in the very beginning. But, like, let's look at the other things surrounding those things, right? A piece of candy that's just sugar and dyes and all those other things, like, that you cannot... Like, a potato is a slow-release carbohydrate. There's other things. There's potassium. There's vitamins. There's minerals. There's a satiation aspect that you can get from a potato or a steak, for example. Like, there are satiation aspects of certain foods that just far supersede others. So, no, I don't believe, personally, that eating, like, while your brain might recognize it as sugar glucose, which you need in your body. I'm not saying don't eat any sugar. That's not what I'm saying. Don't misconstrue this. But it's important to recognize like what is actually going to satiate my body? What is actually going to make me feel good? And what is actually going to be beneficial to me an hour from now when I have lots of running around to do? I don't want that crash that candy is going to give me. I want long-lasting, steady energy. And that's that's where like the discussion really needs to be taking place and I think that this is where like I said it's really important to do research and read and you know even anecdotally listen to people like a peer-reviewed study can only go so far (laughs) because the truth is is that you can look up a study for anything and find exactly what you want by typing in the right keywords so there's only so much that research can do for us at this point like let's talk to people let's pick each other's brains let's like really have strong opinions and be convicted where we feel we need to be convicted it's okay if you don't believe in the body positivity movement but it's also not okay to sit there and say that every person who's overweight has done it to themselves and there's no reason that they should be overweight and that they have never made a good decision in their life that's also wrong so we need to really just like pursue balance and pursue a level-headedness that most of us are nearly incapable of pursuing anymore like if you're fully on the body positivity side and you're telling people that they have thin privilege and that like their whole lives have been easier from their thin is there an element of truth in that probably (laughs) like there's probably an element of truth in that but there's also like this element of like okay let's like look at this how do you want to lead your life? Do you want to be a victim your entire life? Do you want to just sit around and think, oh my gosh, I'm overweight, so everything's been harder for me, so I deserve X, Y, Z? Like, no. 
Do you deserve respect? Yes. Do you deserve the same respect as someone who's thinner than you? Absolutely. But to make yourself, I think that sometimes putting these labels and saying these things actually puts people in the victimhood mentality way easier than we think. And I've been there. And the, the reason that I'm a, I feel like that I can say this is because I have done all of this. <laughs> there is no part of this that has not been an active part in my life. But I've realized over the years that most things are so much more convoluted than we give them credit for. And the food system is one of those things that is just dirty right now. And I think that that the food system, working with the diet culture industry, working with the body positivity movement, working with the people who are really just plain old cruel and don't understand body the body at all. Like, I think that all of these things feed off of one another. And I think that it's really important that as women and as, you know, people in general, that we be really, really wise about practicing discernment and just recognizing that, okay, really, I'm allowed to have an opinion, but really, like, sometimes things are more difficult than that. And don't say things without understanding, you know, where someone else might be coming from. But, again, in saying all this, I think it's also incredibly important to recognize that there are, like, I guess what my point is, and I guess that where I am trying to go with this is saying that, like, we do not need to be an extreme of anything. And that is something that I think a lot of people really, really have trouble with today. I am including myself in that in some ways because it's really easy for me who has gone through every diet ever to have gone to that dietitian and have said, you know what, like I am 100% for body positivity and intuitive eating, but I would be lying if I said that I think that that's not just as damaging as being on a diet. So really what we need to work on is, you know, just if you hear the squeaking, it's my chair, you guys. I don't know how to like mute that behind me right now. But if we're thinking about this pragmatically like we need to really recognize that like okay we have to be able to say that some foods are not as good as others because that's just true does it mean that you need to put a moral or like a moral value on it absolutely not but on a health-wise value yes that's true it's also really important that we all understand where our food comes from. And I think that this is kind of where intuitive eating and like all of them go wrong because there is still an element of all of these things, whether it be diet culture, whether it be intuitive eating, whether it be, you know, whatever, that like there is a huge push for this idea of processed food. And from the research I've done... <laughs> And from, like, any research you can look up. And again, I'm saying, like, let's take research with a grain of salt. Let's just even say from anecdotal evidence. Like, we can discern that there are certain foods that are better for us than others. And that is going to look different for everybody who is listening to this, including myself. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. Because I am someone, let, let's just go here. Like, I believe in a very traditional 
diet. So I really love the Weston A. Price Foundation. I love nourishing traditions and I like pro-metabolic eating. Those are the things that I am going into now and I'm being honest with you when I tell you that I really do think that when I follow these ways of eating, it's not a diet. Just keep that very much in mind. When I follow these ways of eating, my body functions better than it ever has. I have more energy. My weight is not yo-yoing. I am able to articulate a thought. My mind is clearer. My gut feels better. Um, Not to be TMI, but my bowel movements are more regular. Like, these are all things that, like, you have to look at your diet and think, like, okay, the problem is, is that we go to the doctor now and they tell you this because they don't really know. I'm not giving any specific example, but it's important to do your own research and it's important to talk to people who really know what they're talking about. Not saying I'm one of those people, but I have been through, like I said, literally everything you can imagine when it comes to weight loss or whatnot. I don't know how rambly this episode has become. I'm going to have to listen to it before I post it because sometimes this is something I'm really passionate about. So I think that sometimes I can get really kind of deep into things. But for this episode, I really just wanted to focus on my opinions on diet culture, intuitive eating, and kind of like touch on a little bit of how we eat in our family. But if something you'd be interested going in whoa, if something that you would be interested in going forward is an episode on, you know, intuitive eating, if you will, or is an episode specifically on these things, then please let me know. Or if you'd like a more tailored episode on just like my diet history in general or kind of the way that we eat now. We are raw milk lovers. We eat a lot of meat. We eat butter. We eat sourdough, fermented foods, those things are like kind of weird words today. They're becoming less weird because as time goes on, people are getting more into this style of traditional eating, which I super highly encourage. But um, there are a lot of diets that I have a lot of problems with. I don't believe that veganism is actually the best for most people. I'm saying most. Like, it's okay to have an opinion, you guys. Like, this is kind of the point of this podcast. Like, you are allowed to have an opinion. I'm not hating on you because I don't agree with a vegan diet if you're a vegan. But yeah, I I think that opening up this discussion around, you know, eating disorders and intuitive eating and diet culture and the body positivity movement, like I'm someone who's been in all those places and there's problems with every single one of them. And that's why sometimes I think that labeling these things like this is actually doing more harm than it is doing good because you're kind of putting yourself in a box and not allowing yourself to, you know, be who you are, quite frankly. That might sound really silly, but the truth is is that gardening and eating a whole foods diet has opened up a lot of windows for me just in terms of healing and feeling really good and feeling nourished for once in my life. And I'm not so much worried about you know, how much I'm eating, how many calories I'm eating, blah, blah, blah. Like, those things are not as important to me now as just making sure that I'm feeling really good. Um, And I know that there are certain foods that are going to help that. And I also wanted to say, like, I think that all of what I have said can be applied in so many different ways. 
And I think that it's important that as a person, you are able to say like, I don't agree with that or I do agree with that. Take whatever fodder that I have given you today and go like do something with it. You know, if you disagree with me, tell me why, but don't be rude about it. Like, I don't think that my point in saying all of this stuff is not to say that I am right and you are wrong or vice versa, but it's also really important to like open conversation. Like we need to be able to talk about these things. I understand why the body positivity movement exists. I just don't think that putting yourself into a box is helpful for anything. That's why I don't like niching in on things like YouTube or podcasting or anything like that because I think that when you put your, like why do you have to be put in a box so that you feel important, so that you feel seen, so that you feel heard? Like only you can do that for yourself. You are the only person who is allowed to tell you how to feel. And whether that be about your weight, whether that be about the food decisions that you're making or whatever. You know how much I made fun of for being a food snob? Like, this is a true thing. The problem is, is that you allow, like, I don't care though. Like, you allow yourself to be offended by the way that other people view you. And that is not fair. And this is where I think that a lot of these movements, diets, the intuitive eating, blah, blah, you know, the whole gamut. Like, this is where all of those things go wrong. I'm in this box, so if you do something different, you're wrong and I'm offended because you said that this is blah, 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 blah. Guys, who cares? (laughs) Like, that's my underlying message. Who cares? Do what makes you feel good, but also be aware that, like, in my opinion, or maybe think about this. I shouldn't say be aware because that's me. That's like me saying that, like, oh, you should listen to me. In my opinion, use this as, like, food for thought. There are certain foods that are inherently going to make you feel better than others. And I do believe that there is a reason that certain foods are touted. If you've looked at the food pyramid, you guys, like, why is butter, like, a fried egg and butter is, like, the last thing that you should be allowed to eat. And the number, like, the third thing down is, like, Lucky Charms for healthy So the least healthy thing is a fried egg and butter. And the third most healthy thing is Lucky Charms. There's a problem there. That's a whole other episode. But (laughs) But let's just take this conversation and open it up. Let's discuss things. What do you feel about these movements? What do you feel about how they're portrayed in our, you know, general environment, in the way that we view things, in the way that we act, in the way, like, do you think that our food is healthy? Do you think that the processed foods should be allowed at all times? Or do you think they should be limited? Or do you think they should not be allowed at all? These are all things that I think are really important to talk about. They're also really important to just ponder and to just kind of apply in our own personal lives as well. So that was kind of a deep-seated issue. This is just my opinion. Remember, this is Chats with Cass. This is something that I think about that I wanted to share. So I hope that you all enjoyed. If you want to hear any more about any sort of like, you know, how we eat, what foods to avoid at the grocery store, if you want to eat in the same that we do, way that we do. Guys, like I want to do a whole freaking episode on community, like, like on local community and localism in general and how I think that can benefit our health and how community in general plays such a huge role in our health and it like there's other cultures who may eat differently than we do that have healthier 
lives just because of the community aspect of the way that they eat. We're taught to be afraid of food, and often, I believe, we're taught to be afraid of the wrong foods in America, at least. So just keep that in mind. Anyway, I will be here next week. I'm not sure exactly what episode we're doing next week, but I hope that you guys enjoyed, and I am so looking forward to continuing this podcast. And yeah, Sanja, until next time.